ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM, featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM. I'm Daryl. This is my man Sam beside me. And our engineer Roland Via in the clubhouse with us. What's Woo-hoo. happening, Sam? How you doing, Daryl? Hey, uh, just another great weekend of sports action. Uh, very excited to be here. Uh, just want to let our listeners know if they would like to join us, you can reach us at 386-523-1380. It's awesome to be on the Voice America Network and also on WELE 1380 in Ormond Beach, Florida. Uh, Let's just jump right into it here first, man. Let's do it, man. Hey, let's talk about this BCS uh, standings right now in the University of Alabama. They're the number one team in the nation. And, uh, hey, they're still rolling. Roll, tide, roll. Roll, tide, man. Until somebody beat them, you know, uh, what more can you say with the job that uh, Coach Saban has done down in Alabama? Uh, they faced a Tennessee team this week that a lot of people thought that would uh, challenge them. Uh, big-time quarterbacks and big receivers, and uh, all Alabama did was roll. Uh, quarterback A.J. McCarron, uh, outstanding job, over 300 yards passing, four touchdowns. Uh, the freshman T.J. Yeldon had, went over 100 yards again, two touchdowns. And uh, also freshman wide receiver Cooper had over yeah. 100 yards and two touchdowns. So a lot of production from a lot of young guys. And uh, what Coach Nick Saban is basically telling recruits is we're going to play the best guys. And uh, Alabama has recruited well. They're playing well and uh, play a very physical brand of football. Uh, just going to be a tough team. But they got some tough games coming up. Got Mississippi State. Uh, coming up in LSU, they got to go to Death Valley. That's not going to be an easy task. No, it's not. And um, and 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 Coach Saban has really put a, an awesome team together, and you really have to applaud his efforts and his coaching staff. They're doing a great job down there in Alabama, man. Hey, but the University of Florida, um, wow, they came. Steve Spurrier came to town, and it really looked like he didn't come to town. Um, Coach Muschamp has that defense playing some unbelievable football. I mean, they're covering people like you would not believe. They're hitting hard. They're tackling people behind the line of scrimmage. I, I really applaud his efforts, and I'm one of these guys that didn't think he uh, he could put a team like that together, but um, he's done it, and, and he's done a good job, too. He's, he's an emotional guy. He, yes, he, uh, he really gets into it. But but just looking at that game, very physical game, uh, wasn't – a lot of yards in that game on no, both sides, not. both teams. You know, uh, Florida had 183 total yards, South Carolina 191 total yards. But the the difference is you have to protect the football. South Carolina had four turnovers, and uh, when you turn the ball over, that's the recipe for disaster. Uh, Driscoll, he's doing a good job of leading the team. Uh, Driscoll had an unusual record. He threw for four touchdowns, but only 93 yards, and that's the first time that's happened. In uh, in major college sports in a hundred years, under under a hundred yards and four touchdowns. Yeah. Hey, but when you're getting the ball that close, you know turnovers. Uh, it, it's turnovers is is a big part of the game. Special teams. Uh, when you turn the ball over, it, it just decreases your chances of winning. And uh, I'm sure the ball, the, the old ball coach, uh, MVP of the game was Driscoll. And who else? 
Andy. The punter, the punter was extraordinary. Yes, he was. And, I, and I'm going to say this again. I said it a few times on our show. Um, I hate to see this kid Driscoll turn out to be another Tim Tebow where he leaves University of Florida and he can't hit the side of a barn with a pass because he's never thrown the ball and he really hasn't had a chance to throw the ball because they seem like he's just a, he's a third running back in the backfield. He might as well run a, a wishbone offense. Hey, man, he's doing what he's coached to do. He's doing what he's asked to do. I, I, I understand that, and I'm sure recruits – and uh, recruiting haters are, are watching and taking notice because uh, if a team is recruiting a quarterback against the University of Florida, they're going to definitely tell the recruit, hey, this guy, they're not going to develop you in a pro-style offense. Look at Tim Tebow and the struggles he's having. But at the same time, if you have the skills to pay the bills, the NFL will find you, and they're, they're going to adapt to your skills skill set. Skills to pay the bills. Driscoll right. cannot be a running back in the league. We saw Tim Tebow struggle at running back yesterday in the league, and uh, I just definitely don't think he could be a running back. Hey, Hey, but the number three team, man, is, is um, Kansas State. Wow, Kansas State has moved up, and um, and you got to really um, – their quarterback right now is the leading candidate for the Heisman Trophy. So I think Kansas is – Kansas State is really doing some things, man. Is it because of how well Kansas State is doing or that Oregon isn't doing as well? I mean, they're still unbeaten, I mean, Oregon is. I, Oregon is unbeaten. But, Maybe it's because they're called the Ducks. <laughs> that, that, may, that may have something to do with it, but, <laughs> you know, um, Oregon has had a history of not being a very physical team, and they have had a history of almost being a soft team in a soft conference, and I think that may have something to do with it. So, you just never know. I, I think it boils down to strength of schedule. Uh, if you look at Kansas State, they just beat a number 17 West Virginia team. They also get a lot of style points for being the top 10 Oklahoma team. And, uh, you know, I, I just got to say, uh, Coach Snyder has done an outstanding job. Uh, he has to be at the top of most Coach of the Year uh list and uh their quarterback uh colin klein uh he just he kicked in the heisman door with seven touchdowns he was very accurate threw some great passes a uh, big time arm 19 to 21 323 yards three touchdowns also have four rushing touchdowns and uh he basically said hello america i'm your new heisman <laughs> well said uh <laughs> hey and uh, in oregon they are number four now you know they slipped down a little bit but um they're still in the runnings and they're still in the race you know and this bcs thing i think it's going to work its way work itself out by the end of the season because you know we still got the sec they got to have their title game and it's a couple other title games that has that has to happen so um it's, it's not going to be it's not going to surprise me to see someone like maybe an Oklahoma to work their way back up because of the extra conference game and maybe see a team like University of Florida who is probably the number two team maybe going in not be there at the end of the season because of the conference championship game yeah that that's always um a, a toughie at the end of the year if you win your 12 regular season games and then you get into that extra game which is the conference championship and you end up losing uh that's tough but uh most conferences now have the conference championship so it's not really a disadvantage like it was before like when the big 10 didn't have a, a conference championship game but uh when i watch this oregon team i just think of of a track team you know their tailback barner uh he had over 143 yards and on 16 carries three touchdowns but uh when they get to the second level it's over there's no catching you they're, they're out running angles uh they do a very 
very good job of recruiting players that fit their system and uh, have a lot of outstanding players. And uh, the one thing about to me about Pac-10 teams is uh, how physical are they going to be. I don't think the voters are holding that against them. I, I really feel that they need to schedule some more marquee matchups, non- non-conference matchups, and that will really help them in the strength of schedule department. But, Aren't uh, these things done years <clears throat> ahead of time? I mean, sometimes you're not in control of – how good a team or bad a teams you play because you arrange them so far in advance. Yeah, three, four, five years in advance. But, uh, you know, Kansas State, it just so happened at the Big 12. Uh, Oklahoma came into the season highly ranked. Uh, West Virginia moved over to the conference, and, and they were high, highly ranked. And, uh, you know, they're on the schedule. You only can play the teams that, that are on the schedule. And uh, really, my advice to the teams would be just – Concentrate week to week who you got to play. Everything's going to play itself out eventually. Number five is a team I just can't wrap my arms around. Sam, I was talking to you before we went on air. I just cannot put my arms around number five, Notre Dame. Uh, what I do like about Notre Dame is they're running the football well. Had over 250 yards rushing, and they're holding their opponents on the ground. You know, uh, I was just brought up on that if you can run the football, and stop the foot. And if you can run the ball and stop the run, you're going to have a chance to win games. And uh, they have an outstanding defense led by probably the best player in uh, college football, Monte, Monte Teo, the the linebacker. And uh, you know those guys are rallying around them. They're getting the job done. You know when you think Brian Kelly, you think high powered offenses, but uh, you know they're scoring 17 and 18 points and they're they're winning because of defense. But the Catholics, they beat the Mormons, they beat BYU, <laughs> beat only, the convicts. Only, They'd be there. Only 17. Yeah. Oh, the convicts. I love it. Only 17 That would be Miami, folks. Uh, (laughs) And that is where the U of M comes from. Oh, my Uh, goodness. I can't wait till we talk about that other M team. Hey, but, you know, um, BYU was – they were doing their thing in this game. You know, they led this game 14-7 at halftime. But they just could not put any more points on the board in the second half, and and it hurt them. And Notre Dame only scored 10 points in the second half. And it was a very tight game, close game, Uh, 14-17. Notre Dame came out with a win. You know, and, and, and this was not a, a awesome BYU team. This is not a Robbie Briscoe um, BYU team. And I'm not saying they're a bad team, but a 4-4 four, uh, a four four BYU team, 0-3 in their conference. This is not a standout team. So Notre Dame still has some of us baffled by, by their efforts and, um, well, I'll tell you and what, their uh, rankings. They'll get, they'll get a chance this week. To prove it, and, and and I must admit, you know, they beat the Wolverines, they beat Miami, they beat everybody on their schedule. They've done their job. Uh, they play Oklahoma this week, so uh, that that's going to be at Oklahoma. You're talking about a test. Now that that's going to be a big time test, and, and I wouldn't be sh- shocked. As much as I hate to say this, if Notre Dame won the game. And, and you know, sometime in a championship season, there's one or two games where you just have to find a way to win. There's always a game that you look back on it, and it could have went either way. But I, I just I, I love the fact that they're playing great defense and they're stopping the run. And, it, and when you can run the football, you're controlling the clock. And That's what lim- you said. And it yeah. limits mm-hmm. that high-powered offense. You keep them on the field. Well, you know, again, though, off the field, the the two wins, two of the wins, Notre Dame wins, were against Purdue and were against Stanford, and they've stumbled and fallen some. Stanford now way down in the standings, nineteenth at five and two. But uh, here's LSU, seven and one. I guess they're the top team with a loss in sixth place. To me, LSU is lurking, and uh, I, I love the fact that uh, the freshman running back Jeremy Hill, he he seemed to seem to have ignited that offense but uh lsu until they get better quarterback play it's going to be tough 
if they play Florida in a rematch or to beat Alabama in two weeks. They get a bye week. So I know I know the uh, Coach Miles, I know he'll have his team ready to play. It's going to be a great atmosphere. But until the quarterback play improves, LSU, they're going to struggle. They're going to struggle to score points, but uh, they have a great defensive front four, great defense, a, a nice running game. But you're going to have to, your quarterback's going to have to make some plays. Daryl, well, it's unusual in a year to see Oregon up way high. It's unusual to see Oregon State, but both of them. You got Oregon State. That's number seven. Yeah, and and you know this the thing about um one more thing about LSU and okay. Texas A and M is that that was a very close game. Oh I yeah. I mean, you talking about the final score was twenty four to nineteen. Yeah. LSU's quarterback Manziel threw. Two, three interceptions. Yes. You know, threw for 276 yards, but three interceptions. I'm saying, man, you know, he threw two interceptions. We might be talking about a different score in that game. That's Texas Tech quarterback. Texas uh, Tech quarterback. LSU quarterback was 11 of 29 for uh, a Texas A&M yards. quarterback. Texas A&M quarterback. He was he threw for 276 yards and three interceptions. Yeah. And I'm saying one less interception. We might be talking about a different score in that yeah. game. Yeah, for sure. But hey, the Oregon State team, man, they keep rolling and and they keep winning. You know, that's, rolling, that's, rolling, rolling. That's the thing about them is that when you're winning, you're winning. <laughs> so, <laughs> what about and then Oklahoma at five and one again? Uh, they've got the fewest amount of losses of any team there in the top. Well, twenty. <laughs> they uh they they have a big time quarterback. You know, a guy who's uh, going to be in the discussions for the. Top pick in the NFL draft coming up, uh, Mr. Jones uh, had a good day, 291 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, you no, know, Coach Stoops, he, yeah. he's out there. He's a, he's a great ball coach. And the brother Stoops, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Stoops, that, that's a coaching family. <laughs> it is. And, uh, it is. I, I tell you what, they're going to be stoked for Notre Dame coming to town. You know, oh, yeah. everybody gets up for the Notre Dames of the world and hey I just ha- I have to take the Sooners over the gold now you're, gold and you're talking about getting back into yeah. the BCS mm-hmm. picture you know Oklahoma's going to jump a couple um they're going to jump a couple people when they beat a top 5 team like Notre Dame if it so happens but hey I'd like to be someplace where we could do some trivia questions and ask who is the winningest team and Division One football right now. Oh, that's easy, man. That's Michigan. You know, nine hundred. No, it is nine hundred. No, no, no. Who has? Okay, let me rephrase yeah, the you question. Have to rephrase that. <laughs> Who has the most wins this season in the NCAA Division One? I, I would. I would probably say um, Alabama. Nope. Alabama has seven wins at eight and zero. Oh, it's number nine. Ohio State. Uh man, did you see that game that went in the overtime? Yeah. <laughs> wow, you know, and this guy Urban Meyer has to be one of the luckiest guys ever. And and me and Sam talked about this before the show. You know, he's almost like a quarterback wrecker. You know, this guy he runs his quarterback like he's running a running back. And it's it's we're playing in a league now that you just can't we're playing in an era now that I just can't see you running these quarterbacks like the running backs, especially when these guys want to go and play at the next level. Uh, in the BCS Alabama is a fourteen ninety nine, but Ohio State only has ten twenty eight. So that goes to strength the schedule and everything else, even though they have that extra win. Over them, you can tell there's a big difference. I also think uh, that has something to do with Ohio State uh, being on probation. They can't go to a bowl game oh, this year, okay. so I, I, I yeah. think that's uh, that plays ah, a that's significant right. part in that in those rankings. But uh, you know, getting back to Urban Meyer, the quarterback killer, you know, he Braxton Miller is having an amazing season. He's he is. De- he's definitely in the Heisman race. But uh, you know, 
it, it's almost like the RG3s of the world and Michael Vicks, the Cam Newtons. As a quarterback, you have to protect yourself. You know, uh, when you're scrambling, you not, you're now a running back. And, uh, you know, he got to do a better job of protecting himself. But uh, I wouldn't want my son playing for Urban Meyer personally, uh, the way he runs his quarterbacks. And uh, I, it's, I think the quarterbacks in his system, they're system players. And it's basically you, you take the best athlete that can throw just a little bit better than than, than most guys, and hey, he's gonna put you there. He Line got, up he all had, your running backs yeah, and he, see who throws the best. Yeah, he has <laughs> he has a nice system. Now yeah. I'm a believer in his system, yeah. and uh, you know well, it, it works to this point. Yeah, you mentioned Braxton, uh, Braxton Miller, by the way. He has been cleared to practice. After getting his bell rung there in the game, but he's cleared to practice. He so. plays for Urban Meyer. What would you yeah. expect? Come on. <laughs> now, will he be a little gunshot when he comes back? That's what I want to know. It uh, might be. The now, backup quarterback didn't look bad for, uh, for um, Ohio State. For he Ohio led him State. to a victory. Yeah. yeah, he really did. He led him to yeah. a victory. Yeah. Rounding out the top ten is? I got USC at the end. That's who it is. The tenth, um, tenth position. And, um there's another team that can't participate in a bowl game. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I, I'll. I no, really... USC is back. They're off of probation. They, they, they can't they? participate. Yeah, they can participate because a lot of the talk was this was their year that uh, Matt Barkley came back to go to a bowl game to lead them to a national championship. And, and I'll tell you what, you're talking about being accurate. Uh, 19 to 20. 298 yards and six touchdowns, yeah. <laughs> and you're probably not going to find a better yeah. combination than the Barkley Woods combination. And and you know when you're playing when you're playing Colorado, man, the the five down team from the 80s, you know it's it's almost they they've been bad for a while now. I mean they haven't had a good team since who Cordell Cordell Miller, Cordell Stewart. You know it's just it's 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 sad to see a team like that beat. So bad for a while now. I mean, they've, they've gone through about three coaches. And Colorado was a very proud program. Yeah, very too. proud program. Very so. You know, Eric Bieniemy. The I think all the Buffaloes. For them. I think they're the last time. I think the last time they were good was '97 when uh, we beat them. They came into the season number one in the country. Hey, uh, you know that rounds up our top ten. So now you know it is Sports Info UM. We got to talk about the uh, Michigan, uh, Michigan, uh, Michigan State game and the Miami Florida State game. Got to talk about Florida State-Miami. Got to talk Rank about that. Rank number 11. So as soon as we get back, we'll be talking about Florida State-Miami, and then we'll talk about Michigan, uh, my proud university. Paul Bunyan is back safe again. He's back in Ann Arbor. Man, University of Miami had a chance to beat Florida State. Didn't pull it through. We had a chance. Back right after this. Stay tuned. Has your non-renewed? Have your premiums increased dramatically? Are you looking for a new agent? Why don't you call Accord Insurance located in Palm Coast, Florida today? Accord Insurance offers home, flood, auto, business, life, and health insurance at affordable rates from A-rated carriers. Talk to an Accord Insurance agent today, 386-447-8950 or www.accordinsurancepalmcoast.com. Accord Insurance, Volusia and Flagler County's premier insurance agency, providing you with quality insurance you can afford. The Sports Mavericks show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouye and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. Livingston, Warrington & Sword, PA, a full-service law firm located at 20 Airport Road, Suite A, Palm Coast, Florida, serving Volusia, St. John's, Flagler, and Putnam Counties, practicing in the areas of bankruptcy, divorce, and child support, injunctions, criminal defense, foreclosure defense, real estate, probate, and general business litigation. Need help? Call Livingston, Warrington & Sword, PA, at 386-437-5833. The number again is 386-437-5833. For an appointment and mention this ad and your consultation is on the house. Livingston, Wilmington and Sword, PA, Attorneys at Law, the obvious choice. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 386 523 1380. That's 386 523 1380. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to Sports Info UM. Please join us, 386-523-1380. Um, Hey, Sam, let's go right in this University of Miami. Number 11 BCS right now. One point to North Carolina State. What a difference a point makes. Had FSU won that game, maybe they would be in the place that Florida is now with all their statistics. They would definitely be in the thick of the national championship race. Uh, When you're undefeated, you have a chance. And and then with the opportunity to to play an undefeated Florida team possibly later on down the road, you're talking about some excitement. But I I tell you what, an 11-1 or 10-1. One Florida State versus an 11 and 0 Florida is still to create a lot of excitement, and it still will give Florida State a chance to jump into the picture because there's a lot of big time games left to be played. But if State beat the Gators, the State. Move up to number two. Go to a BCS. Hey, I thought we were supposed it, to be talking about it, it Miami. It just, it just, it depends. Miami, Florida State. It, it are we going to talk about Florida? Well, we're talking. We're only, we're only talking Florida. about Miami. We're talking about winners right now. Oh, oh, oh! I, I really think it depends on what happens with the other teams ahead of them, but. They're not in a they're yeah. not in a terrible situation, and, and they'll go to a BCS game if they win their conference championship. Right. You know, Florida State scored a, a touchdown late in this game. Yes. And, uh, it was almost a gift touchdown. You know, we we went forward on fourth down, didn't make it. Florida State scored that late touchdown. It really it, it really kind of made it appear as though. 
this game was a lot worse than it was. Uh, I was at the game. I just got back uh, yesterday from being down in South Florida, hanging out with a lot of friends, and there was a lot of people came back. University of Miami uh, recognized the 1987 National Championship team at halftime. Um, Edwin James was there. We had a lot of players come back for the homecoming game. This was our homecoming. So it was big, man, and uh, we just couldn't pull it out. Uh, Stephen Morris had another good game, 223 yards, but he really looked like he had not practiced all week. He never really looked comfortable. He never really seemed like he connected well with his receivers. He had a lot of incomplete passes. Uh, it, it was it was just not – he didn't really seem like he got into a flow. And right now the big buzz in town is, uh, you know, Coach Golden. Yes. You know, we, he's catching a lot of flack. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of parents are, are calling in to radio shows now talking about why is he not playing their kids. We got kids that are seniors and should be on the field, it's should not be seeing more action. You know, so, hey, you know, I, I, I know he's he means well, and I, I really think he's putting his, his best effort forward. Um, however, people in Miami want to see championships they want to see winning and they expected him to do a little bit more to what well, he's doing to call this, and get your kids to play i'm sorry this is only this is year two right this is year, yeah, two, year two coach gold but you know hey man just listening to you uh, he's proud, got he's got proud, to get his recruits proud miami <laughs> program you know i'm just hearing a bunch hey, of excuses i gotta, I gotta I tell you i gotta tell you though in the beginning of that game i was on the edge of my seat i, I was thinking you're a florida state I, fan i was i was thinking yeah. i was thinking oh no here we go again and then you didn't you didn't take the lead until halftime yeah, like seconds right. before half you know so hey that's and, his, and that, that was on a that's a moral victory and that was another wide a left proud miami another wide left. <laughs> a proud <laughs> a proud miami program yes it is a problem but if you think that quarterback didn't play this uh-huh. week yeah. he didn't look yeah. well. He hey, that man. program he is proud. <laughs> Wait a minute. Well, let's go up to the M State. All hey, right? man. Let's go to Michigan, the first college football program to hit 900 wins. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. They, they hit 900 wins. Oh, that's right. Wins, they hit 900. Yeah. We brought Paul Bunyan back. You know, that's our rivalry trophy against Michigan State. Michigan State has uh, really done a great job in the last four years, and they beat us four years in a row. But, uh, a lot of that had to do with Rich Rodriguez, and uh, that's my one excuse I'm going to use tonight. But at the end of the day, you have to – if you hire a coach, you you have to accept whomever they bring in, and you and you have to live with it. Sometimes it's the right decision. Sometimes it's the wrong decision. But, hey, we went through some growing pains. We, we got the right guy in place, Coach Brady Hoke, and uh, just a tough – Hard victory, uh, four field goals, uh, tough defense. We have a top 20 defense. Uh, Denard Robinson made a, a, a couple plays when, when we needed it. And uh, just a tough win. Just just happy to hit oh, the what 900. Was, what was the score? 12 to 10. We won on a field goal with five seconds to go in the game. Uh, it, it was just big time, you know. The, nine, the nine, <laughs> 900 big victory. time. Uh, hey, hey, a hey, win man, is a win. Congratulations on the 900 they, victory. But, but I, I really, you know, Michigan, <laughs> to me, they're almost in the same boat as we are. You know, yeah. you're struggling, man. Come on. Hey. You're not in the top 25. These guys, we, we, we're guys. actually ranked in the top 25. Let's take I that back. See these guys, these guys though, could be on a soap opera because they're drama queens. Didn't see you on the top 25. <laughs> you know, they're trying, to, they're trying to find something. What, what's wrong uh, with Michigan? You know, we won 10 games last yeah, year. You know, that's right. that's the measuring stick, right? 10 victories. Yeah, not necessarily. And, and, so. and we're not satisfied because, you know what, we didn't win the conference championship. Yeah. But I really feel that we have the defense to, to win a – 
to win a conference championship. We're not, we don't have to rely on the offense scoring 30 points a game. Hey, you give us 12 points, you give us 15 points, we're going to play tough defense. And, uh, you know, that's the mark. And uh, Brady Hoke in his second year. People have to be patient. They have to be patient with Coach Golden. You yeah. know, you can't call in. This isn't high school. There's no, there's no such thing as entitlement. Your kid don't get to play because he's right. a senior. Listen to me. You know, we, you, you I, have to earn that playing time. I understand. Yeah, you have to earn however, that. you know, when you look at in football, you notice too, Sam. You kind of have to pay your dues, man. You know, you sit behind somebody for one or two years, so you can get your opportunity to play. You know, and sometimes you have to, you have to sit and learn. Now, we have some guys down there that, that actually played under Randy Shannon, but now they're seniors under Coach Golden and can't touch the field. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that he's, he's wrong or right in this situation, but I do think that it's almost when you, you're building for the future, but you're kind of not necessarily – it's almost like you have a grudge against someone else's players. I want my guys in here. You, you know what? Sometimes, what sometimes it can be, too, that those guys aren't buying in. And, and maybe and, that and might you're be not it buying too. in. And you know what, Coach Golden, he's not a Miami guy. And you know what, uh, Coach Coach Shannon, he's a Miami guy. They love him. And, and sometimes people, you have to learn to embrace change. I, I tell you what, it was hard for us when we hired Rich Rod to embrace the change. You know, a lot of people talked about we want to bring in somebody different from the bowl, the mold, or the car. But sometimes. You, you have your guys. There's nobody better for your program than somebody that understands the history of, of your program. I agree. Like a, like a Miami yeah. guy. And sometimes those seniors, they've been there, they kind of spoil and they're, they're not buying in. So, Well, you know, the, the University of Miami family, the, the football family that we have and share together, it was a beautiful thing this week to see Howard Snellenberger come back, to see our, a lot of our coaching staff from the 87 championship team there, Gary Stevens and um, Coach Axe, Alex, Al Alexander, um, Coach um, Don Solinger, he came back. And, is that the, the signal well. that we're spending too so, much time on Miami? Actually, Ma- Major just, League Baseball alert at the end of the first inning in San Francisco 1, Cardinal 0 at the end right. of the first inning. All right. All right. Hey, and, and we had also Edron James came back this week, um, Steve Walsh, former quarterback. All right, so, man. We done. We good. We good. Good job, Miami. You four, y'all four and three, thing. man. Y'all y'all are gonna go. Y'all are gonna lose five games for the eleventh year in a row. Yeah. Hey, um, <laughs> let's get right into this NFL stat leaders right uh, now. Yeah. Who go. is the, who is the number one quarterback in the NFL right now? That elite quarterback. Eli Manning, baby. Eli yeah. Manning is the number one quarterback in the league right now with 2,109 yards. I'm not going to say he's the number one quarterback. He has the most yards passing in the NFL. He's the number one quarterback in the league right now. He has the most yards passing in the NFL. Uh, what about touchdowns? Well, Aaron Rodgers is the number one touchdown guy in the league. You know, and behind him is Drew Brees. Aaron Rodgers has 19 touchdowns. Drew Brees is holding on with 18 touchdowns. The number one rusher in the league, uh, Arian Foster. Uh, Houston and Houston has an awesome team, 659 yards. And Aaron Foster is the leading touchdown uh, rusher at, with nine touchdowns. Yeah. And the guy who's leading the league in receiving yards is, is really a surprise. You know, he got off to a rocky start early in the year, but uh, Wes Welker has bounced back. He has 688 yards, uh, 688 receiving yards, and behind him is a uh, former teammate Reggie Wayne. Former Miami Hurricane also. Thank you. 666 yards. Appreciate it. And, uh, you know, Reggie Wayne's a great guy. He's a, he's a competitor. And for a guy his age, man, he's really doing a, an, an outstanding job. Yes, he uh, is. In the, in the touchdown, uh, 
the leading touchdown reception is none other than Mr. Saucer himself, uh, Victor Cruz. He's doing a great job. He's tied with uh, two other guys, uh, A.J. Green of Cincinnati, who's an outstanding receiving prospect, and uh, James Jones from Green Bay. They also have seven touchdowns. Yeah. Well, hey, um, the leading the leading um, passer rating or quarterback rating, that will go to Aaron Rodgers. And Peyton Manning has the second uh, leading passer rating. Yeah. But the leading rusher in, in average per carry in the NFL, who do you think that might be? Uh, that's going to be RG3, man. He's just a – He's had some incredible runs this year. Yeah, he has. Man, he I mean, is. some really long, long runs. When you have those long kind of runs, you're going to have a serious average, and he definitely has a serious average. Hey, let's get right into the games, man. Yesterday, Jacksonville Jaguars came up short again. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Are Jacksonville gonna... had every opportunity to win that <laughs> ball game, and they did everything in their power to give it away. Uh, yeah. You know, they, they lost their starting quarterback, uh, Aaron Gabbard. And they, they I don't know if that's their, a bad or they, good they thing. lost their starting tailback. That's uh, definitely Maurice a Jones bad one. And yeah. they say he could be out for an extended amount of time. And, uh, you know, just got to tip your hat to the Oakland Raiders for finding a way to win. Uh, uh, I'll tell you what, there's no place. that That's a great environment, like playing in the Black Hole, playing in Oakland, the Coliseum. The fans were excited. But, uh, you know, I, I feel bad for Jacksonville, you know. Uh, I really do. Right up 95, uh, you know, it, it, it's tough when uh, they had every opportunity to win that game and they kind of gave it away. Yeah, they did. Tampa Bay came up short again. Man, it's got Vincent Jackson as one awesome receiver. But Tampa Bay Buccaneers came up short again, um, 28. They lost it um, to uh, uh, New Orleans, 35-28. They just, ah, you know, they you jumped out to a 21 point lead, around. man. I just thought, like, oh my God, they're, they're just, they're taxing the, uh, the Saints. And, uh, you know, Drew Brees, man, it, it's kind of tough when you're playing against Drew Brees. You, you're talking about he's putting up video game numbers 27 to 37, uh, 377 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, didn't New Orleans have some players come back this uh, week? Yes, Mr. Vilma has mm. returned to the building. And, uh, and, and you know, I, I think it was a great compliment that Drew Brees paid to Vilma, just talking about his presence alone. It's not about the stats and what he do on the field, just the, the leadership that he brings to the team. Seems to have made a difference. Him, him being able to talk to guys and knowing how to talk to them and everybody respecting him. And, uh, you know, Vilma said that um, he, he played, he had a deflected pass, uh, you know, this is the NFL, and, and he realizes that he has to get his legs up on him. He's only been practicing a couple of weeks. He's coming off injury. But just to have him out there and his teammates to see their emotional leader out there, it was definitely a spark to the um, New, Orleans, yeah. New Orleans Saints. I heard, I heard an interview today with um, on a Jim Rome show with Jonathan Vilma. Jonathan Vilma said he asked Roger Goodell to just look at the film. He said he told Roger Goodell, Look at my bank statements and see if I ever withdrew $10,000 to give anyone during that period of time. He said he wanted him to just just hear his side of the story. And Roger Goodell just would not listen to him, and they would not he would not listen to his lawyers. So if you get a chance, um, try and find that interview with, uh, with um, Jonathan Vilma. And one more note from that game. At the airport, after the game, waiting on his team, was Joe Vitt, who rejoined the Saints yeah. on the flight home to the game. So I just want to say welcome back, Joey. Uh, he served the <laughs> six-game ban, and uh, I'm sure the guys are excited to have him back. And uh, you know that that's the guy who was chosen to lead the team uh, when uh, Coach Payton was uh, given the year uh, suspension. So I'm sure those guys are going to rally around him. And, Is he uh, allowed he- to go to practices or anything? Is, can, he, can he go in the – 
Oh, he's the, back now. He's back. Now. He's back. Coach I mean, Vic is back. Coach Joe. Vic. Oh, okay. Yeah, he he's back. Yeah. Hey, but um, hey, the New England Patriots and the New York Jets was a was a very good game. I mean, a very good game. It came down to the wire, went into overtime. Tim Tebow played a little bit of running back. Uh, Mark Sanchez did what he usually does, loses the game at the end of the game, Choke. some kind of way. Fumbled he the game away. Choke, doesn't he? Wow. I, t- I tell you what, man, you're talking about finding a way to choke. Uh, there, there's been a lot of talk about New England uh, not being able to finish, uh, you know, Brady in his last uh, 10 or so games. His, in the last five minutes with them with the um, with the touchdown lead or less, his passer rating is uh, 15.0. It's the, the fifth worst in the league. And, uh, you know, I really feel that the Patriots have been good for so long that they kind of spoil people. You know, they, they're sitting at four and three, but their three losses have been by a combined four points. You know, it's, it's early in the season. Uh, I, I really feel they have the horses to get it together and, uh, and really make a run for it. I know you said that the Patriots won't make the playoffs, but at the end of the day, it's about finding a way to win. And I think Brady does that better than most people. You know, I tell you, I've said it. I said it here that the Patriots—they've become an average team. And when you look at their secondary, they're probably below average. You understand what I'm saying? And when you look at their wide receivers behind Wes Welker, um, this guy Brandon Floyd—he drops a lot of passes, man. I mean, he really does. And and I just don't see Tom Brady being the same quarterback he was last year and or in previous years. The guy gets a little shit. His his feet get shaky a lot quicker than they used to. And when Tom Brady's feet get shaky, he usually falls to the ground or give it up. He's second in the league in passing yards, man. What more can you what more do you want him to do? Yeah, sometimes hey, it's the people he, that surround you. Yeah, it is. You're right. It's hey, the people hey, surround you. You know what? Out of all of the great quarterbacks, besides Randy Moss, Name a great receiver that Brady has had. You know, I, you know, that, and, and, and that's where you talk about being spoiled. It's like they can put any cast around them, and they expect great greatness. I said it here too. The NFL has caught up with the two tight ends. You're not going to. You're not going to win a championship now in this NFL with two tight ends. It's just not going to work. And these guys are so big and tall, they're susceptible to a lot of injuries, especially leg injuries and lower extremity injuries. Are they going to find them? Gronkowski uh, has five touchdowns, five receiving touchdowns. And, and, and Aaron Hernandez has just returned. Just returned. Over 400 yards receiving for a tight end. I tell you, any team will take those numbers. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network and on WELE 1380 Ormond. Beach. We'll be right back after the break. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Livingston, Warrington, and Sword, PA, a full-service law firm located at 20 Airport Road, Suite A, Palm Coast, Florida, serving Volusia, St. John's, Flagler, and Putnam Counties. 
practicing in the areas of bankruptcy, divorce, and child support, injunctions, criminal defense, foreclosure defense, real estate, probate, and general business litigation. Need help? Call Livingston Woolton and Sword, PA, at 386-437-5833. The number again is 386-437-5833. For an appointment and mention this ad and your consultation is on the house. Livingston Woolton and Sword, PA, Attorneys at Law, the obvious choice. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 386-523-1380. That's 386-523-1380. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Info UM. Please join us, 386-523-1380. Give us a call. Hey, Sam, um, the Green Bay Packers, just, you know, they beat St. Louis. Um, not much to talk about. Aaron Rodgers had another great game. Uh, Rod Wilson did suffer an injury, so he's going to possibly be out for about six weeks, a broken collarbone. But um, what can you say? Aaron Rodgers looked like the old Aaron Rodgers now. He doesn't look like um, Tom Brady's looking this year, a little shaky with the feet. Aaron will move out of the pocket. He'll throw the ball on you in a heartbeat. And he and he looks, he's looking very good. He's an athletic quarterback. Yes, you he know, is. The Packers are at four and three, and I, I really think that the Packers, they're going to rally even behind, even though Charles Woodson's going to be out for six-plus weeks, their defensive leader. Uh, I, I really feel that they're going to rally. They're going to end up catching the Bears and winning the division. They'll definitely make the playoffs. They're starting to hit that stride you know they looked very good against the Texans last Monday night and um, just went out and uh, Aaron Rodgers and uh, Jordy Nelson uh, they're, they're starting to, to look like the Packers from last year uh, Nelson eight catches 122 yards a touchdown and um, what, what more can you say about Mr. MVP Aaron Rodgers and, and you're right. He has found a real connection with Jordy Nelson, and it looks good. Um, they're playing some great football. Hey, but, man, the Washington Redskins lost a heartbreaker yesterday to the New York Giants. Wow. When, just when you thought uh, Robert Griffin had won this game by, with a long pass to Santana Moss late in the fourth quarter, the elite quarterback that Eli Manning is came back and threw an even deeper pass to Victor Cruz, and he did the sauce in the end zone. That means that he scored another touchdown. You know, uh, all Eli do is he, Eli finds a way to get it done. You know, that was a big-time play under a minute to go. Well, with uh, about a minute and 20 seconds left in the game, hit Cruz on a, a nice deep throw, and uh, he did the salsa. But uh, I, I tell you, just a great game. You know, a lot of people lose sight that the Redskins beat the Giants twice last year. Uh, I, I really just love the the young group of talent that the the Redskins have with, with when you have RG3 a rookie quarterback uh nicknamed Black Jesus and uh Alfred Morris the the rookie running back that's in the top 5 in the league in rushing yards they have a real good nucleus of young talent but uh you know RG3 he, he's playing 
at an MVP caliber right now. He got that that nickname, the Black Jesus, because as he runs by the defenders, they go, well, you know what they say. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) But but just a great great ball game. And, you know, uh, what more can you say? When you say, uh, you know, when you say the Giants and the Redskins, you don't really have to say much. You know, that's a great game. And, you know, the Giants, they they don't like the handout compliments. But everyone who, um, every one of their Everybody on the team, you know, they just talked about how well RG3 played. And uh, O.C. said that he's the best quarterback they played against this year. So for the crop of rookies coming out this year, they're playing phenomenal football. This gives the NFL a new spark. This gives more visibility to them. Would you agree? These new quarterbacks and their visibility? Uh, I, I would definitely have to agree. You know, uh, the attendance is uh, up. It's it's, it's everywhere. It's, it's the attendance is up, and it's also letting teams know that you can take a young quarterback and you can start him from right. day one. Before teams like to draft the quarterback, sit him for a year. So now, the, the way the college game is evolving, the systems are getting more complex. Uh, as for the quarterbacks that go to teams that runs up more of a pro style offense, uh, and uh, you also have to say, hey, the, the job that the coach that the NFL coaches are doing and getting guys ready to play. I like the fact that Coach Shanahan has adapted his offense to RG three skill set instead of trying to force him to be something that he's not. Well, I would agree. And um, when you look at the schemes that that they run, I mean, they 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 put a lot of people on one side. They'll have four receivers on one side and fake like they're throwing a ball to the four receivers. Next thing you know, he's actually running with a guard pulling to the other side. So I, I think the schemes that um Coach Shanahan has, has put forth with this with our with Robert Griffin is is just, is dynamic and it looked like he's doing a lot of things he did in college. And back in the old days you didn't see a lot of college plays being played in the NFL and nowadays you do you they, see a they, lot of the NFL has definitely adapted to the college game. And and, and another thing is with all of the running quarterbacks you know, when you don't have a running quarterback, you're playing 11 defenders against 10 offensive players. But when you have that running quarterback, now it's 11 on 11, and a lot of times you, you know, you're not accounting for the quarterback in, in the run scheme. But- I would agree, but when we look at the history of the NFL, the running quarterback has not won Super Bowls. Now, when you look at the history of the NFL, the guy that wins the Super Bowl is a guy that stands back there in the pocket, surveys the field, and releases the ball. Not this guy that's running and chasing and running out of pocket, scrambling and doing another, another turn. Did, did you watch the guy yesterday? Did you watch RG3? I he, did watch He, he had some scrambling opportunities. But, he, he did. But, but the difference to me in the in the – the typical the guy that wants to just scramble when the pressure when the pocket collapsed that wants to run and take off at the first drop of pressure i don't see that in rg3 i see a guy that's scanning the field that's looking down the field that's trying to make passes in the um he's trying to make a play in the passing game instead of just taking off running yeah he, he and i think that's the difference between him and in the michael vicks of the world now when his numbers call to run the ball on a design run play he does that very well, too. You know, two weeks ago, we saw Robert Griffin suffer concussion. He came back this week after suffering that concussion. If the guy suffered three concussions like that in one season, I just I, I, I pity him. You know what I mean? And I know he's going to continue to run the ball because it's part of his game. He's been blessed with a tremendous amount of ability. He has. Ability, so why but would you limit him? You know, at the same time, you can get three concussions sitting in the pocket trying to um, beat Tom Brady, trying to be something that you're not. Well, I'm just saying, when we look at the history, 
the running quarterback just has not been that guy in the Super Bowl. They're more, they're more And the league has changed. Don't get it me wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying that it won't be that running quarterback um, in, in the Super Bowl. But uh, right now, the, you know, history has told us something different. Hey, but um, the Dallas Cowboys beat Carolina. And the big talk about this game was Cam Newton. Is Cam Newton pouting? Is he being a baby? Is he whining a little too much? Is he asking for too much? Well, he did come out and say some things yesterday after that game, said some things have to change around here. And sure enough, the general manager got fired. Now, was Cam Newton, um, was he the main reason this this man got fired? Or do you think it's because they won him five he got fired? Or or what is the deal with this? I I really think that it's a combination. You know, when you're one in five and uh, you're the general manager, you you go out and hire the coach. You go out and select the players. So you have to accept responsibility. You know, uh, I I think Cam Newton's frustration is with the the play calling. You know, he's saying that stuff has to change. Another reason that I feel that this general manager got fired is he um, signed uh, D'Angelo Williams to a five-year, forty-plus million-dollar contract, and he only gets two carries. You're talking about being frustrated, I'm, and and you know Cam Newton is saying that something has to change with the plays. Maybe he's tired of carrying the ball 15, 20 times a game when you have over seventy million dollars invested in two running backs and they're not getting the ball. Good point. Good point. Good point. You know, uh, Rob Chizinski, uh, one of my former teammates, is the offense coordinator uh, for the Carolina Panthers. Maybe I need to give him a call and tell him, hey, get a ball to the running backs every once in a while, Rob. Every once in a while. Let's give a rundown in the uh, NFC, National Football Conference, first place NFC East, the New York Giants at 5-2. and two. The NFC North, Chicago at 4-1. and one. NFC South, Atlanta, the only unbeaten team so far in all of major uh, – Pro football, they're at six and zero. NFC West, San Francisco at five and two, and then we go down to the American Football Conference. Uh, New England, with that win, is now leading in the East with a four and three record. AFC North, Baltimore, five and two. AFC South, Houston at six and one. I think they're a sleeper. I think they're going to be around. They're going to be strong. AFC West, Denver at three and three. I see a lot of parity in pro football this year. Some of these unbeaten teams or the teams that have fewer losses, I don't think they've played uh, you know, a lot of the, the teams of their, uh, that are better than them. What do you guys think? Parity? It's a lot of parody in the league. A lot of it. So, and, and, this know, is good. It is good. Any and, given Sunday. And the NFL wants it. I think fans want it. And I think and we as fans, we want to know that our team has a chance every week. And we know even a team like Carolina who has only one win, we know that they can beat anybody any day. Any week. In a, and and I, I guarantee you that teams are going to hate to play Carolina late. Can, that's especially for sure. with a quarterback like Cam Newton. Uh, you know, they just got to get a ball to some of their weapons. Uh, I, I think it's great for the game when um, fans can get excited and go to the ballpark and say, hey, my team has a chance to win. I, I would agree. You know, when you when you call off these teams from the NFC, you know, the one that sticks in my mind has to be the New York Giants, the defending Super Bowl, chi- um, Super Bowl champs. And they stick out because they still have one of the best coaches in the National Football League, and they have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and you'd have to put their defense up there as one of the best in the league. So they still have a, a real serious chance. They are the- 
the, the defending they Super Bowl champion, have a big-time coach, have a, a big-time quarterback in Eli. He's definitely earned my respect over the years. Uh, and until you beat them, you know, you, you have to say that they are the favorites. They lost a couple games early, but now they're 5-2, and two, starting to hit their stride. The team that, I, that I'm selling, I'm selling all of my stock in the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I know uh, the Philadelphia Eagles have been through a lot of adversity in this early season, but coming off the bye week, firing a defensive coordinator, I really expect the Eagles to respond, and uh, they're going to be away in Atlanta, and I'm picking the, the Philadelphia Eagles to to end Atlanta's six-game winning streak. Wow. You know, I don't think Atlanta's going to go undefeated, and if they lose at, and uh, if they lose this week, they're probably going to lose more than just one game. So I hope that they don't lose this week. And, um, hey, Michael Vick gets to go home and play his old home team, too. Another news break in Monday Night Football, Chicago 7, Detroit 0. We're talking about football now, of course. Uh, first quarter, 943 is the time there. Yeah, that, that Cowboy game, you know, going back to the Cowboys and Panthers, you know, the Cowboys, uh, they got a much-needed victory to improve the 3-3 three and three in the 19-14 uh, victory over the Carolina Panthers. Romo was steady, 24-34, 227 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, man, I still see Des Bryant complaining a lot, and he's complaining way too much. Um, he's just He has to step up be the best receiver that he can be, stop running his mouth, keep his nose clean. I think he's he is the difference maker for the Cowboys, either making the playoffs or not making the playoffs. You know, I guess the team that I look at from the AFC, man, that really has a chance to go to the Super Bowl, you know, we all talk about Houston, Houston, Houston. And and I guess my, my ideal Super Bowl, I really would love to see this happen, is Peyton Manning play against his brother, Eli Manning, in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Denver Broncos is my long shot for the Super Bowl. Well, that ain't going to be a long, long, long shot. <laughs> but, uh, you know, getting back into things, uh, you know, the Texans, they uh – Texans and and the Ravens, man, uh, a game that uh, to me the Texans they, they they grew up because they got whacked by Green Bay on Monday night. Yes, they did. And, and they really came back and they and they uh, they took out all that frustration on the Baltimore Ravens, forty three to thirteen. You know, um, the the Texans have been a really trendy Super Bowl pick. A lot of people pick the Texans in the, the to play the Packers in the Super Bowl, and uh, you know I I think they that they have a chance, man. That that defense was outstanding uh just a way to respond you know uh, as a coach when you lose what are you looking for you want to see how your guys respond and you can't wait to get back on the field and compete so just uh you know you have to tip your hat to them they played a great game uh foster the lead rusher in the nfl 98 yards two touchdowns uh and, and let's don't forget, time you know, this this was an injury plague Baltimore team too. You know, Ray Lewis is out. We may never we may we may never see him play again. T Sizzle came back. Yeah, T Sizzle came back, but he's been out for a long time. He had one of the worst injuries an athlete can suffer with a had torn a sack, Achilles. Though. He had a sack. You know, and, that, and that's that's big. You know, for coming off of that injury. Hey, but guys, uh, guys, let's talk a little bit about next week's game. The biggest game of the year always is the Giants and Cowboys. Now that's that's like it don't matter who what their records are, throw the records out the window. You know, because the Giants and Cowboys. Cowboys are, are a rival team, rival teams that go at it hard every time they play. It's going to be some hard hitting in this game. I expect the Giants to come out with a victory, but hey. That's a game that the Cowboys really need. If they're going to make a move in this division, they, they need that win. They need to get to 4-3 and three and send the Giants to 5-3. and three. Also, yep. another big game, the Dolphins and Jets, but uh, I, I don't really another think. Another rivalry game. The Eagles and Falcons. Michael Vick get to face his old team. Or the Raiders uh, and Chiefs. 
That's another rivalry. Hey, that's a great. Matt Kenseth winning in NASCAR at Kansas, and uh, he, Brad Keselowski is still leading the thing. 14 cautions yesterday. You got it. Well, bad track. That was a bad track. All right. Slippery slope. Hey, we thanks for being with us, guys. Had a great show. It's yeah. always fun. We'll, we'll see, see you, next, see you week. next week. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.